Okay, everybody, I'm back, and I feel like this is where the real story begins. It begins with a scary story that's long and reveals inhumanity, insensitivity, indifference on the parts of all the characters involved. So, on October 31st, Halloween, I was contacted by a carrier. And in this case, I'm going to use the name Winwright throughout this story because this is an exact example of why we are not winning right and what we have to change as a union. What we need Postal Service to change to win right. So Win contacted me. He was, they were very confused. They had finished a long day, come back to the station, were told by a supervisor to turn in their keys, clock out, and go home. And they were on indefinite emergency placement. So I did what I always do on these cases, talk it through. I get some idea what's going on, and I asked Wynn to please write a statement as soon as they could, because we need a clear, solid, early idea of what happened. So the next morning, I got an email from Wynn, and may take up a lot of this tele this broadcast, but I'm going to read the entire thing. It said, Hello, Ralph. Having recently subscribed and listening to your podcast, I realize you're most likely still more or less in limbo regarding the USPS. However, since I don't have the other union stewards' contact information, and you're one of my union stewards, I'm reaching out to you. So, yesterday evening, 10.31.23, after returning to the station at around 8.15 p.m., and then clocking out shortly thereafter around 8.30, a supervisor informed me that, subject to some kind of form, a form number I'm not recalling and not familiar with, Effectively, immediately, you are suspended indefinitely without pay, turn in your keys, and go home. I was completely taken aback and asked the supervisor why. They responded to my question saying, you know why. If you have any questions, you can ask the manager tomorrow. I responded back saying, no, I don't know why. To which he responded by repeating what he'd previously said. I then said, if I'm to be suspended indefinitely, effective immediately, at the very least, I should at the very least know why. Finally, they said to me it was, you failed to meet your commitment time. 
My original ETA was for 8 p.m., then revised to 8.10. Ultimately, I arrived back at the station at 8.14 p.m. I am assuming this is what they were referring to. This all came about and was most certainly was a factor after having come back from my long weekend. Upon returning to work on Monday, 10.30-23, I was greeted with a huge mess left at my station. Multiple swings, which had obviously not been completed, were dumped in various totes in no particular order, left scattered about at my case. It was without a doubt the worst mess of work, rework I'd have to do during my tenure with USPS. This was in addition to somewhat heavy DPS, about 778 DPS count if I recall correctly, in addition to several totes full of flats and miscellaneous hot case items, along with two orange hampers full of parcels. Having sorted through everything along with a carrier helping me for about half an hour before leaving the station, who took over for casing for me after I had already been casing for quite some time, that carrier can attest what I was up against for regard for my route that day. I finally departed from the station to my route. However, after arriving to my route, I soon realized my USPS cash key, which had been issued to me for my route, had been apparently broken and returned broken from the previous carrier. As a result of this, I sent a text message on my scanner conveying the situation regarding the broken key and that I was returning for a replacement key. Due to the situation, I ended up losing about half an hour of time, which I could have used on my route that day, 10.30.23. As a result of the circumstances mentioned above, I ended up bringing back several swings Monday evening, 10.30.23, which then bled into the workload for Tuesday, 10.31.23. Also, as a related side note, I have been told repeatedly by current management that my route is an eight-hour route. However, now having done the route for some time and doing the route the way in which I was trained to deliver mail, keeping safety key in mind along with maintaining a routine, it would be a rare day that my route could be done in eight hours. Additionally, I had four different managers observe me on my route which has always corresponded to days when my mail volume was moderate to light and doing either part of the ADVO or none at all. Typically, during their observations, I'm finishing my route between 5.30 and 6.30 p.m. During these observations, I've received no feedback saying I was doing anything improper, unprofessional, unsafe, or unproductive. Throughout the course of the observations, I expressed an openness and desire for any helpful feedback they might have or helpful suggestions they might have to offer. However, nothing of significance was said regarding how I conducted my work. And as far as I'm aware of, the interactions during these observations were the for, for, for the most part neutral to positive.
shortly after I had a recent run-in with a supervisor when requesting for help during needed on a day when my route was particularly heavy, I started getting assistance from another carrier with the route, along with giving away the last third of the route. Though it was never explicit, it appeared the goal was to sign something in the ballpark of eight hours worth of work. Well, this was implemented, and unless I am was having to do Advil, I could typically get the two-third portion of my route done within the eight-hour window. This went into effect early of October 23, well, pre-election, when DPS and ma election mails increased workload substantially. However, as of very recently, Monday the 30th, this was no longer being implemented. I've been told that more or less I'm on my own. On a related note, I've been told by management more than once since having come back to my route to bid for another route. This is something I'm willing to do and ready to do. Ironically, while on my route yesterday evening, I determined I'd had enough and was going to bid for another route when I got home that evening. However, to return to the station after two days, the 30th and 31st of working very hard and to get my route right side up and to be dealt with the way I was, was too much. So the takeaway regarding the whole thing from my perspective is confusing dismay of mixed messages knee -jerk and knee-jerk reactions. Blatant disregard for somewhat recent obstacles or challenge I've periodically attempted to convey when they've arisen. Verbally waved away with a demissive, it doesn't matter, no matter what the circumstances or whatever I have to say. Unfortunately, when you're the one who's on the route and is the one who has to deal with such things, it does indeed matter especially when it is described above and circumstances are such that the deck is stacked against you. It does indeed matter. So to return back to the station after work, very hard work, to turn things around on my route as a result of the recent hand I was dealt, and then to be verbally cold-cocked that I was to be immediately to be placed suspended indefinitely without pay was, to say the least, upsetting and confusing. This was verbally coming from a supervisor I'd recently had issues with and has apparently have several other carriers. No previous warning whatsoever was issued to me that such a thing could occur as a result of the reason the supervisor gave for being placed on indefinite suspension without pay, the employment, unemployment version of being sent to hell, it appears. No written documentation was given, no reason was offered or given. Any questions I had were referred to the manager, at least until I repeatedly expressed that at the very least I should be given a reason and no union representation offered or available for me to, to go, turn to in this place. 
In any event, it's pretty much where things are at the moment. Thanks. Money and numbers. Absolutely nothing else exists in the world of postal management. Think about it. It's October 31st. It's Halloween. It is the most dangerous night to have a mail carrier exhausted rushing around. It's dark. Children are everywhere. And they're all stoked up on candy. There's any day in the entire year that Postal Service should be saying, take your time, be safe, be careful, let's protect the children. Halloween is that day. That's the written statement of Wynn Wright. I'd just like to recap. Wynn is a carrier at Wallingford Station. He has a union steward that he trusts and depends upon who has been held out for over 50 days unable to represent represent him he's that union steward has been held out on a non-pay emergency placement win comes in and gets exactly the same treatment confused nobody to turn to and basically goes home. That's the situation we're in. And both sides need to make changes. Postal management and our union. We can't be allowing this to happen. I'm going to wrap this up here. Um, this is the end of part one of a many-part series. In our next episode, what did postal management do as a result of this emergency placement? Well, that concludes today's episode. I'm Ralph Kuhlman, and I'm a union steward at Wallingford Station in Seattle. I'd like to thank all the clowns that made this podcast necessary. The stellar management staff at Wallingford Station, the incomprehensible team at the Seattle Postmaster's office, ordering brutal commands in an effort to enforce the metric of the day through the entire city and beyond. And finally, everybody at upper management at USPS. Your identification of the metric of the day makes all of this insanity possible. Mm -hmm.